Welcome to Afros in the Diaspora. My name is Sarah. I am your host. And together we will vent, rant, laugh, and cry as we discuss the highs and lows of being an immigrant. Stay tuned for stories that will inspire, inform, entertain, and give hope. This is Afros in the Diaspora. Welcome back to another episode of Afros in the Diaspora. And today we have Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good yourself. I'm good. Welcome. Glad to have you. Yeah, I'm glad to be on too, so. We're going to start with a couple of icebreakers, okay? So for the people, Chris is Ghanaian. So my first icebreaker for you is what are the countries on the border of Ghana? What are the countries on the border of Ghana? Yeah. Okay, we have Cote d'Ivoire, we have Burkina Faso, and we have Togo. Hey, clap for yourself. (laughs) That was easy. That's easy. It's a trick question, but it was easy, though. That was very, okay, let me throw in another one. So what what ocean is on the other side? What ocean is on the other side of what? Of Ghana, yeah. The ocean? Trick question. Okay, you got it. It's okay. There are no no oceans. You caught me. Okay, cool. All right. Um, my next question for you mm-hmm. is what it's a two part question, right? So what is um, one Ghanaian meal that you can prepare well? One Ghanaian meal that I can prepare really well. Yes. That the, 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 the judges will say ding, ding, a hundred percent. Is a Ghanaian bean stew in a peanut butter soup. Hmm. Mm, when it touches the ground, trust me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going to break. The bean stew, I made one a couple of weeks ago. And when you eat them with a fried plantain and a fried fish or maybe a grilled tilapia, girl, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Um, so, But if there's one meal you could eat forever till you die, one meal, will that be the meal or is there something else? That could be the meal because um, that bean stew that I said I made them because you have to eat them with rice or probably with uh, with some yams or something. So, But if one thing I can eat for the rest of my, my life is definitely going to be a yam, yam and a bean stew. Yam and bean stew. Okay, now. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank, stew, thank yeah. you for answering those questions, even though they're just now I'm hungry, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just going to talk about you for a moment. Like, share your immigrant story with us. Like, when did you move to Canada? How long have you been here? What were the circumstances? Just real quick. Okay, I've been, I've, I've been in Canada since 2017. So approximately six, maybe six to seven years. No, seven years in May. Actually, wow, time is really flying. Six years, uh, seven years in May, because I, I came in on um, 14th May, 2017. That was a Mother's Day, actually. So yeah, I quite remember it well. So it's seven years and seven years in May. And um, yeah, my dad was already already here, and he was a citizen. So and maybe filing for. Like somebody who's above 18 is, is like, you know, is a hard thing to do. And I think my dad was had done it like a long time ago. But the process and everything was just like, you know, like a seesaw battle, like, you know, the up and down here. Some kind of like, you know, paperwork's not going through. So it was uh, getting me challenging for me to get here. 
So in 2011, like, you know, that time the Canadian embassy was still alive. Like, you know, you could go to the embassy and they, they could go through your documents and everything. Uh, but th things didn't go as planned in 2011. So, yeah, he, ke he kept on, like, you know, going through all the processes. And 2017, I had to join him over here. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, what were some culture shocks that you experienced? Some things that were, like, vastly different from Ghana that, like, you're like, wait, am I in... Did I step into another dimension? <laughs> Did you ever have one of those moments where you're like, please, where is the airplane that brought me here? Please take me back home. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but for me, the, the typical things that would be that shock might be the weather and everything, right? The weather... Or maybe the environment per se, the air that you breathe in or something. The air in particular here, it was super dry. It's still super dry. It is dry, okay. Right? Yeah. The weather itself is dry, but like, you know, back home is very humid. Like, you know, you could be sweating up all day. And so even even when I came here, like I had a like, you know, a bunch of face towels and everything and I, I never got to use them i never got to use them because it was super dry right and you couldn't even use them even if someone wanted like you know it was very like you know hot or something you don't even get to use the face towel a lot but in ghana it was a 24-hour thing so because you're always sweating you're always sweating it's very humid it's very humid and hot so. same in nigeria actually yeah yeah so and so, and, and then the thing is, I had watched a couple of movies, so like you know, I was expecting it. And like you know, when my when my dad comes around, you know, they will have a little bit of things to talk about. And you know, when you see snow in the movies, like you know, you really really want to have like you know how it feels like. So, so the first couple of months, you wouldn't get to know how cold it is, but when you become a part of the system and you know that it's a usual thing that you're supposed to go through for the like six months and more, that's when you get you start getting frustrated about it. Right. So yeah. So this one thing. And and probably it, it comes to like, you know, one thing that maybe I also had a problem with might be relationship, like, you know, we people, like, you know, with girls and stuff like that, you know. So my my ideas and my, maybe my yeah my ideas and maybe my way of picking up on girls was totally different from what we have back home right their ideas are different my ideas are different so i was having some kind of you know some relationship kind of problems and all of that so the one thing is also going to be relationship with people especially like you know the opposite sets and stuff like that you know because i was thinking like a typical guy man Please break, I'm this still down. break it down. Break it down. Break it down, please. <laughs> I'm still a typical Ghana man, right? You know, and because since I was born and raised in Ghana, like you know, my whole environment has been about the Ghanaian culture. Right? Where I, I have moved in here, and I'm trying to learn their culture, not only learn it but adapt to it, right? So it was it was more challenging. And one of the first thing, one of the first heartbreaks that I got was from a Ghanaian lady who was born and raised here. And, you know, we, we both Ghanaian, so we might have a whole lot of similarities between us, right? But it was way different. It was way different. Since I was born in Ghana, I'm a typical family man. Because once you're moving out from Ghana to 
the maybe to to the to, to the European to uh to the Western world, everybody puts their all their like you know their responsibilities and everything on you. You're supposed to be the probably the breadwinner of the entire family. And so once sometimes me and her we we talking about issues and probably I bring my family back home or it became a problem. It's like you're always bringing up your family, like, you know, everything is about your family back home, family back home. So, but for people here, it's just about the immediate relationship that you have. Because once you turn 18 and you have a boyfriend and you move out, you move out. The next life that you live in, you is it, is it you living with your your, your boyfriend or your husband and your kids, that's about it. Whilst, you know, from back home, it's the extended family has to be a part of. Even your grandma and everybody is still part of your family. So when I came here, we, when we having conversations and everything has to be about your grandma calling you, your aunties calling you. It was, it was like a big problem, like, you know, in between relationship until like, you know, you have to adapt a little bit into the whole system. Yeah, so I don't know whether that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I just wanted you to break it down for because the relation when you mentioned the relationship part, because I, I have my own experience with dating as an immigrant and oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> why didn't you pour it out? Why didn't you pour, uh, pour it out? I mean <laughs> Just pour it out. Just pour honestly, it out. honestly, like there, people are looking for different things out here, right? Like, I, like it's rough. The streets are rough at the end of the day. <laughs> like people, like people. Sometimes, some people, sometimes people just want to date you for papers, right? Sometimes, okay. like they're different. There's like another level of madness to it, in my own opinion, um, and my my own experience and with like experience the experiences I've been privy to with my friends. Like, oh, sheesh, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> but, um, Yo, it's just breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me to break it down. I mean, like, honestly, me, I've been here for a few years mm-hmm. now, right? So, okay. and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not as traditional <laughs> as, okay. as some people are, or some mm-hmm. like traditional Nigerian are. Yeah. I'm also not as, western or modern yeah. as yeah. some of them are so like i'm mm-hmm. in this weird space in between where yeah. i expect some like fluidity with gender role gender roles but i also expect yeah. some like structure and there's some things that i'm not willing to do as the woman i don't know if yeah. that makes sense to you that's i'm being, I'm being, I'm being intentionally vague i'm so very very much family oriented i'm so very much all these other mm-hmm. things but i just feel like um, sometimes the expectations are just uh, weird, and they're just not things me particularly I'm willing to bend to. Um, and then there are also some things that are like super like Western that I'm like, nah, that is not my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I'm just on this weird yeah. in between. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to go any more specific to be honest. But yeah. um, it's just this this weird space. Um. That, that I'm just like okay, I'm not. I, and again, I'm an artist, right? So that's another non-traditional um, awesome. career path that I've chosen for myself. That a lot of you know Nigerian men or African men do not know how to deal with, right? So like, yeah. there's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of things in play. To be honest, with my own experience, right? It's been, mm-hmm. it's been an interest. I'm, I've said it before. I'm gonna make a 
series about dating as an immigrant and it's going to happen because it is wild <laughs> it is wild really well. really um, well. um, but yeah okay what other like culture shocks did you experience um i think you you pinpoint some of them right when it comes to like you know doing like when it comes to responsibilities and stuff like that yeah i, I think here is it's been generalized right it's been generalized well back home it feels like hey we've been we've given some kind of tax to some specific people but here i think everything has been gender equalized right um but but back home like you know everything has just been being assigned to maybe a man or being assigned to a woman so that that thing is is another culture shock to me though but either than that either than that i think i was okay because I, we watched a lot of movies. We watched a, a lot of American movies. So we, Hollywood and stuff like this. So we got to know a lot of culture going on. It's not like we were, um, we were so naive about it. We knew, we knew, we knew most of the things going on, but experiencing some aspect of it was like that challenging, but not too, not too, too challenging. Yeah, I agree. For me, like what with what you were saying about the air quality, when I first got here, <laughs> I, um, after like a couple of, of days or so, my face, I woke up, <laughs> I woke up this morning, I woke up this particular morning and I looked in the, I couldn't, you know, when your face is so tight, you can't move your face. Like it's so dry. You can't, it's just kind of like when your lips are dry and if you move it a little, you got to split. That's how my face felt. And I screamed like, what is happening? And my mom was like, no, no, you just need a moisturizer. You need a moisturizer. I never traveled anywhere outside of the continent before I moved here to Canada. So I'd never been to the US. I'd never like been to the UK or Canada for holiday or anything. So I did not know. Right. So by the time I got here, and my mom was like, no, no, you just need a moisturizer. I'm like, what is that? I've never in my life had to use a moisturizer before. Right. And <laughs> it's just crazy. And then she, you know, we went, we went, we went to go find one before my, my skin got back to normal. But she's like, it's so dry. Like it will suck it all out. So I, I went to the doctor like, hey, I woke up like, yo, I'm having nosebleeds. I'm, I'm having nosebleeds. Why am I sick or something? And said, no, this is the air quality here. So probably you need like, you know, a humidifier and probably like, you know, so as that was a game changer for me. Then I, as long as you know, I got to know yeah. everything. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that, that nosebleed one is a bit wild. I'm glad, like, I've never had nosebleeds. Thank God, because I would have lost my mind. <laughs> if that was like my welcome to canada like the air quality is so dry here yeah you go a nosebleed i would have it would have been i would have been very dramatic about it i'm not even gonna lie mm-hmm. um but but yeah no another thing i know experienced a lot is that it's it's way quiet like the, it's way quieter here mm-hmm. and i just yes. remember like i went out of like this hotel i uh, myself and my mom because my mom stayed with me like the first week or so before i settled into school um and i just remember like standing out uh, on the balcony and just like like tapping my ear like am i deaf what's happening here like what's happening i can't hear anything um and i shared this with my supervisor at the time i was like no no no. like what do you expect to hear i don't and i'm like it's it's just no is this normal it's like yeah of course because you're driving no one is honking the horn no one people are not yelling you're not hearing music from the stores you're not like it's 
so quiet. So like no, that was another no, shocker no, for me, no. to be honest. Like that was no, another no, oh, no. I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, so um, that was it. Yeah. Okay. So what are what would you say have been some pros? Because we're gonna talk about pros and cons of being an immigrant and just within your experience, Chris, like what can you say has been like, you know what? This right here has been a little bit better <laughs> since I moved to Ghana. And here I know like I'm just gonna start this with oh, there's no perfect society not to say, oh, Ghana is better, Canada is better. Like, no. We're just, you know, depending or we're just listening to what, you know, people's personal experience of what that is. I've had a lot of people tell me that, yo, I prefer Ghana to to Canada. I prefer Nigeria, Lagos to Canada. And people have various different experiences of that. So I'm just curious what yours is. Um, for me, I think that pros outweigh the cons. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's it's such a like you know vast difference. Mm-hmm. But if if we were supposed to honestly, if I don't want to make this like you know a more political talk or something, but if we were supposed to have good leaders probably in our countries and everything, our country might be more livable than living here. Because here I'm basically having no lifestyle. It's just like yeah, you might have like you know a couple of weeks for vacation. Yeah, to go to other places and enjoy for that month and yet you come clock in back to work 24-7 paying for bills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might be making a whole lot of money, but you're still paying a whole lot of bills and taxes and stuff like that. Oh my gosh, not taxes. the taxes. The taxes drive me crazy. Taxes are good. Probably just what, how countries are built, right? But it's too, it, it gets, sometimes it gets too much. It's like, hey, the government is working with you probably in your 95 whatever that you were doing right so but then again you, you you got work to do you got you got money to 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 honestly buy some of the things that you really want right so if we're supposed to have if we're supposed to have this basic thing probably in from where we're from it would have been way better than living in africa more than living here right because yeah, it would have been more but but then again, since we don't have those amenities and stuff like that, yeah, we decide to troop in here just, you know, to find a job. Because here, the, the the country never sleeps, is working 24-7. So, like, job is somehow there if you really want to work or something. Yeah. So, um, I think I might have to change my mind on probably the, the pros outweighing more of the cons. But I feel like if we are supposed to have, like, as I said, like we we're supposed to have good leadership and stuff like that. I would have chosen maybe Ghana and Ghana more than or probably Nigeria more than we live in here, right? So I feel like yeah, jobs are already um the systems are in place. And yeah, I think the systems that are in place. Because when you come here, the system fixes you. You don't have to fix the system. Like you, uh, nobody has to tell you that. Hey, nobody has to tell you that you have to do this. The system fixes you. You know that the cops are gonna arrest you if you do this. The cops are gonna do this if you do this. But I don't think where we're from, the system works as much as harder that we can. Like you know, everybody does whatever that they do. 
Yeah, I I hear That's that it. definitely. I think for me, oh, me personally, oh, it's a personal opinion. <laughs> I feel like uh, just the kind of like you were saying, right? Like if you know the society was better structured, leaders were actually being more intentional about um, leading the country to a great place. I don't think people will be trans with Jackba as they are right now. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with that term. That's a <laughs> that's a Nigerian term. That's the that's like run away or leave, um, mm-hmm. leave the country to settle somewhere. And a lot of people are even leaving Nigeria. They're like, and, and this, the unfortunate part though is a lot of people leave. Let's say Nigeria, Ghana, wherever it is, and they move to the U.S. Canada, and sometimes they can't cope. They're like, nope, I would rather hustle my country deal with what is going on here right like whether you like it or not you're black <laughs> and you're, you're, not, you're not Ghanaian you're not from West Africa you're not all the you know from the particular region or or ethnic group that you're from within Ghana you're just a black man that's all they see yep. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and unfortunately like other parts of your identity just kind of becomes um, subdued under this descriptor that they just give to you because of the color of your skin when you move here and whether you like it or not like you're just you're now a part of the system quote and unquote and by that i mean um the tension the racial tension and blah 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 that happens here now you're now you're a part of it you don't really have a say or a choice right if police is stopping a black man they're not gonna ask wait are you african american (laughs) or ghanian are you an immigrant they're not gonna ask they just see a black man Exactly, and and unfortunately, we fall under that, right? We fall yeah. under that system. So that part is really unfortunate. And for me, if things were better, I, I probably would not be here. <laughs> like like you were saying, like the systems, the systems here, like kind of you know work for you in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, right? Yeah. So the transportation mm-hmm. system is different from driving, you know, riding on the bus. I mean, it's not perfect by any means, but it's certainly way better than like that way, in, way in, in Lagos or, in, way, you know, wherever we're from in Ghana. But, way, way you know, things way, like way that, better. small things that just help quality of living, right, just are better. But when it comes to the food, yeah. comes to the culture, like when it comes to, honestly, one thing, one thing I miss the most is my hairdresser because <laughs> because to go and do your hair here you're you're shelling out at least $350 or one hair and the tailor oh my gosh the tailors i'm telling you they will drive you crazy but <laughs> i miss my tailor they do a like a good damn job. job yeah more than those that probably we think they're owning the big shop taking this big box. Mm-hmm. The the way they will or treat something for you, they would they would do for you. Trust me, I miss my tailor, man. Yeah, what are what are the things would you say that you miss? Um, probably the food joints. Food, I'm 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 a heavy lover of food. Yep. I'm a heavy lover of street food. Oh yeah. Mm. The last time I went to Ghana, like again, like twenty, like again, like ten pounds. You know, 10 pounds. You know, it's so much variety of food to eat. Like, you know, everything is just fresh to eat. But here we eat most of the frozen stuff, like, you know. Yeah. Frozen chicken, frozen everything, but yeah. what can we say? For me, I definitely miss street food. 
I don't know if my body, I don't know if my body will agree with it as much anymore. <laughs> but you see all those like fried potatoes, suya, puff puff. I didn't have any problem. My stomach was sitting like, hey, you were ready for it. <laughs> it was just only the water. Like, you know, everybody advised me it was only the water. Man, if you're drinking this water, you got to stick to this water. And it has to be like, you know, approved brand. Because even here, one thing, even here, the basic water, mm -hmm. that the basic tap water that we have here is better than probably most of the high-end waters that we have back home. Oh, right? so, God. Imagine. True. <laughs> I don't know true. about that at all. <laughs> no, like, you know, we, like, you know, we have a tap system, right? We have a tap system. Like, yeah, of course you can drink. For me, I, okay, for me, honestly, I don't buy the bottle water. I buy the the filter. I buy the filter from, from Costco, the breeder, the breeder from Costco. Then, you know, tap my, my, use my tap water and everything. So that one is good for me. But if you're supposed to take that thing back home, it wouldn't work. Because we, because we don't have a lot of filters coming out from even the tap water itself. You know that here we have we, we have a filter from the taps in the tapping system until you have to filter again into your brita or something, right? So, but in in from where you from, it's just coming straight from the down with a little with a little to no filtration. Like you know we have the chlorum, like you know they put it in, but it's still not as, as healthy as it is. And the thing is, if I was back home for like those years, it is so like it was so accustomed to my system. So I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I've been away for like so many years. My system has changed into this system. So when if you try to go back to that system, you're just having yourself like, you know, killed or something. So. Not killed. <laughs> yeah, you're into, no, I had people having, you know, diarrhea and stuff like that. And because of the water because of the water yeah so i would think it's actually because of the food food and stuff like okay for me i didn't have i didn't have any problem with the food because i ate basically everything <laughs> it was so it was it was the water that i paid so much attention to because that's okay. what everybody was preaching about right? that's fair that's fair another, another... one thing i missed was the mosquitoes oh no <laughs> i missed the mosquitoes though how do you miss mosquitoes, man? How? But you know they have mosquitoes here. Of course they do during the summer. It's mad. It's a mad thing. The the, the mosquitoes are huge, and when they bit you, you feel it. But you know we have the smaller, you know, the mosquitoes that are very very tiny, but they are the most poisonous ones. Yeah, the are. deadly ones. The <laughs> deadly ones. They these, will. These you have the big ones. But yeah, yeah. No, I like. That, that's the thing. I think the ones back home in in, in Nigeria, Africa, wherever, no, well, not wherever, in Nigeria or Ghana that like we're talking about, um, those those mosquitoes are like in stealth mode for real. Like you won't really yep. feel it until it's like you, it. you won't really feel it immediately, except you're really watching for it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at night, that's in the ear. <laughs> like oh my gosh i do not miss the mosquitoes that was that's one thing i did not i do not uh, miss but like during the summer it, it's crazy but i think my body i don't know how like no matter how long i i leave you know I've, i leave the um, nigeria 
I, the, the mosquitoes still love me. I don't like, I still, there are people that become allergic to mosquito bites. I'm not one yeah. of them. The mosquito bites are like, hi girl, long time. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. And another thing I miss actually, like uh, the street food, like those like mm-hmm. traditional rest- restaurants or bukas where they'll yeah. make like the actual traditional meals. You see from yeah. Lagos, it would do all those things oh my goodness they they put something inside food because people drive from far and wide to to look for those you know traditional restaurants traditional bookers like that's that's another thing i definitely miss and i think that we the diasporas we are making street food expensive now when i went to ghana it's like we've been of course we've been praising we've been praising them like yo this is the street food right because and we went to eat this meal. It's, it's, it's made of Gary, right? It's made of Gary. Yeah. And honestly, to be honest with you, it's one of the best that I ever had. Yeah. If, if I touch Ghana right now, I'm heading straight to that spot. <laughs> it was so good, but it was super expensive too. So I was like, oh, yeah. really? In Ghana? Yeah. So like, it's, I don't think a typical Ghanaian Ghana person will be eating it as much often as he can. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think you might be eating as much as often. Oh, but, yeah. So it, it makes it expensive. Like, you know, we have to check out the economy and everything just to know that sure. it's that expensive. But on the more serious note, it was on the, it was on the high end, yeah. probably restaurant or something. Like, you know, so, oh, but it was yeah. super good. Yeah. Another thing, interest, another interesting thing I experienced when I first moved here is every before you buy anything, you check like the worth of the so let's say you want to buy a handbag let me use a handbag for instance <clears throat> and it says twenty dollars but then you will go back to your calculator and see what is twenty dollars in naira <laughs> and by the time you check that that twenty dollars is really twenty five thousand naira you're asking yourself why do I really need this bag <laughs> you know like that the, for me that was a that was a massive like um shift that i had when i first got here i wasn't i wasn't eating outside because mm. i'm like wait so this burger is how much <laughs> girl that is the problem of any immigrant you start converting you, you you're like a working calculator yep anything you just move on to your calculator you're just checking you're just moving to the conversion rate just to check what's the conversion rate from this to naira from this to cities I did it. I, I think I did it for like two years though. Until like, I did it for two years until I realized that oh, hmm, no, you cannot be living you like, you know, like you are this. in Ghana. Yeah, you believe like you're living in Ghana. So right. like, mm, I had to stop after two years. But I still, I still know guys that I still, I still, I still, still in the conversation. Yeah, they're still in that. They are more. They are more than first bureau. So, <laughs> so like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and when I visited in 2022, then it was the opposite. So then if it's like, oh, how much is this? Let's use a handbag again. How much is this handbag? Oh, this handbag is 25000 there. And then you look at it like, oh, it's $15. Come on, give it to <laughs> Then you're like, give me, give me, give me, give me, right? And you just, for me, I experienced that weird yeah, shift the opposite way. Whereas, like, you've used, you've used the, you know, Canadian dollar currency for a long time or, you know, and then by the time you go back, you're like, give me two of everything. 
you're not rich, but it just like the pricing difference, like it's so much. Like if you want to buy food now, you're like, wait, how much is this? And every time you calculate it, wait, Shaoma is how much again? You look, it's five dollars. My friend, give me two. <laughs> like anyway, that 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 was a weird like shift I experienced when I no no no. Again. I think everybody is it. My my sister just went back home in December, like you know, and maybe. The head that she braids is like two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And when she went back home, she paid like thirty dollars. It's like, yo, I wish I could have like I should I could have braided my all my hair for the year for the and bring it back. back. Yeah, I definitely experienced that. No, I I definitely miss the hairdressers and like hairdressers, tailors, the food, December, like the party, December, dirty December as they call it. That one. No, I missed that a little bit. Anyway, uh, but yes, no, you were talking about pros and cons. We we went another direction, but let's come back to it. What are some cons that you'll say based on your own experiences here? The cons, hmm. I think uh, I think if you don't have if you don't have a strong family or probably you don't have people around you, you're gonna be a lot more depressed though. Because I think the depression rate in in, in the Western world is too, is too high, though, that we're having. That's why probably we have so many drugs in the system, like, you know, just to curb, um, just to curb depression, just to curb, uh, curb anxiety or something. But, um, yeah, because I feel like if, you, if you're working more, like, you're working more, you're getting more money. But then again, you're paying out more and being left with a whole lot of um like a small chunk like a small amount of money on you it, it becomes more depressing so um it isn't that hmm, probably this this one of one of my, of my experiences and that's one of my experiences it's just like the amount the more amounts of money that you make the amount the more amounts of like you know things that you're paying out for mm-hmm. but yeah so yeah. for me, I think this is the depression, the depression kind of nature in the system. Um, yeah, it makes it more, it makes it unlivable to be here, though. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a lot sometimes. Adulting yeah. is by force, but adulting. it's also very expensive adulting. <laughs> to be an adult. Adulting. Um, but like I hear you, like you need support, you need community, and I found that you know back home it's very communal, right? It it takes mm-hmm. a village, quote unquote, right? But here yeah. it's, it's very very isolating. Like everyone is by themselves, they're minding their business. Back home, like I remember, like if we go to school and you know my mom is not around, we'll go to our neighbor's house, sit down, chill out, eat, sleep, and then they'll wake us up. Oh, your mom is back. Your mom is back, and you go back home. And but but you know and that's just an example, right? Like during Christmas, my mom would share food to all our neighbors, and you know we'll receive food back. And during Eid, the Muslim holiday, they would share food to us because we like it's just part of that community thing. It did not matter religion. It did not matter, you know, your own like ethnic group or whatever. Like neighbors are neighbors. They're family, right? Um, but here, I don't really know who my neighbors are, and like that is true for most people that live here like it's really really isolating everybody's just on their own minding their business it's very you know by yourself and so it's very easy to feel alone for sure what about what, what about your cons and probably i said that like tell me some maybe it might trigger 
some of my power for you to bring it in. For me, oh, some cons I've experienced. I think, I mean, I've experienced some microaggressions, microaggressions, some racism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that is definitely a con. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes people are not as nice. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how else to say. Yeah. I think that's that's like a tough part. But yeah, no, like, so that's, and the health system is not always. Is not, I, know, not I, know, I know that people are like, oh, it's free. Awesome and amazing. No. It's awesome and amazing that it's accessible and free, but that comes at a price, right? Comes at a hefty price. It comes at a price because people that are really, really, um, that really need help because it's not urgent and you're not dying at the moment, they'll send you back home with with like painkillers or something. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to insist on like, I like, I need X-rays, I need this, and I need that. Especially as black people, like it, you know, that also honestly comes into play. Um, Mm -hmm. like whether we like it or not black people or black mothers um are are the ones that die the most in during childbirth in north america a a society that's supposed to be more evolved right like out of you know people that go to give birth black women are the ones that die the most the mortality rate is crazy um Mm -hmm. and that's just because people are dismissed when they say they have pain they're dismissed yeah they're dismissed when they say they have one or the other because oh it's always oh just take an aspirin and you you'll be fine but then they get home and you know they don't make it or they die there before they leave um so that's another really like really tough part um and i also feel like sometimes as accessible as opportunities are they're not that accessible they're not as that accessible <laughs> they're, they're not, not they're really not because like i heard someone say once and i probably said it on this podcast before that if you submit your application like your resume if the person looking at it cannot say your full name mm-hmm. if it's not in english they'll throw it to the side like seriously i've, I've never heard that before i've, I've heard that i've heard that I've heard that. Um, I don't know how true it is because I heard it on Instagram, but <laughs> that was also really tough. Like, oh my goodness. Wow. You know what it's I mean? Yeah, I just, yeah, I feel like there, honestly, for me, I feel like there are a few things. The society here, like, f- for the most part, people are good. Um, but I think the isolation, the loneliness is a really big deal. I think that, like, and, like, there's still crime here. Like, people still rob and steal here. I had my car stolen <laughs> before. Oh, yeah. So, like, when I hear people say, oh, I can just leave my door closed without locking it and everything. No, you can't. Oh, there's still thieves here. <laughs> people still steal and rob. Like, that's not a that's not a lie. <laughs> you know, like. I think Calgary is also chipping in. Like, Calgary is also gradually becoming, like, I don't know, a little bit of, you know, crime city because every, no, every time we're talking. No, not, no, I reject this in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, but. You know, like Toronto and stuff like overpopulated. So, but when some when some places very populated, definitely the crime rate is definitely going to go. I just feel rise. like there are bad people everywhere. There's not, it's yeah, not. Yeah, bad people everywhere. Yeah. But probably the. the yeah, the crime rates in Calgary are probably a little bit rising. I don't know why it's that, but since we've been here, I don't, I don't usually get to hear most of them. But now I've been hearing a lot from that too. But yeah. it's, it's just gonna be good. It's just gonna be good. <laughs> um. So, any other pros or cons that you want to share? Um, 
I think, as I said, like, you know, the prawns were definitely our way because the system is structured that everything is in place. Things work, Health system, yeah. Th- things work. Things are working for. It's, it's, not, it's not like it's working, working for everybody, but the system is working for the general masses, right? Yeah. And, like, don't get it twisted. There's still corruption and there's still, like, you know, that is in every leadership structure in the world. Like, that exists. But... But I, I wish that... They, I wish that maybe where we from, we might as we might be as corrupt as these people are. Maybe I wish that we could. If if it's gonna be working as good for us, uh, maybe it would have been good. No, <laughs> I just feel like the the leaders are more accountable to the people on this side because think about it. Like there's a lot less accountability from the leaders in yeah. for most of the leaders in Africa to the people. They would just rather like create their own form of democracy where they force people to vote for them or um you know intimidate or like just do whatever it takes to be in power and to shut people up shut up the opposition right like that that i just feel like here people will like go on strike they do riots they do walkouts they do they'll stand in front of city hall and you know say their piece and walk on the street and have their parade and have their but like they tried that in 2020 in in lagos and oh my goodness it was it was a massacre it was it was horrible may you know and it just yeah that's so uh, to 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 buttress that point i think uh we are in 2000 and I think in 2020, Caribbean was supposed to host, host um, like, you know, the, the Winter Olympics, right? They were supposed to host the Winter Olympics, right? And they had to, uh, you know, give the votes out to the general populace just to vote whether they wanted it to be held here, right? So, for instance, if it was back home, nobody's going to tell you that, hey, you're going to hold it or you're not going to. But here... They just release it to the general populace to vote whether they want it to be held in Calgary or not. And it never happened because they said that if it was supposed to be done here, the taxes and everything that were going to go up. Their reason was it. So they don't they didn't want the the, um, the taxes to go up after the like you know the aftermath of the whole Olympics and everything. But but for us. They don't tell us anything if if you're going to host it, they're going to host it in their own benefits and stuff like that. But here they are putting the people like over there. The people actually have a say. They have a voice like they have a say. They have a voice and stuff like that. Although it is going to be corrupt. But of course, there's always going to be someone who's going to. But honestly, in, in Lagos, who sent your papa? They're not sending you message. <laughs> they will, if they want to do Olympics, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing there's you can. In fact, they will not. They will not. They will just. You just see announcement that Olympics will be happening in Lagos. I'd be like, I went. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I I think that like. Yeah, the fact that people here have a say, they there's freedom to actually, there's real freedom of speech for the most part. Again, no society is perfect, but there's real freedom of speech for people to like disagree with the government and make it be that we do not want this or we want this. We don't but, want like, this. I think our leadership for the most part in Africa are like, ah, we will just do what we want to do. They will, they'll be okay. <laughs> like... And the next four years, we're still going to work for the same Ah, party. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. 
So I think everything um, depends on the system because here it's very well structured compared to us where it feels like um, we have we don't have a strong foundation in everything. Right? So it makes you just want to leave. I, right? People so. make up the system. The system is not brought from the skies. Like human beings create those systems, maintain those systems, right? Unfortunately, those systems benefit the few more than the masses. Right. So like those few people are are, you know, insisting or um, against the change that needs to happen for a system to benefit all instead of a few. So I think that's where like, you know, if people could just be more considerate of how things affect everyone and anyway, da, 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 <laughs> all that will help. That will be, that would help make the place more reduce the jackpot syndrome people may no longer want to jackpot and i don't know whether that might take it too long or something i don't know that one did good hand we've talked quite a bit and i want to thank you so much for your time i just want you to just leave us with a little bit of wisdom just a word of advice a proverb that you can just sprinkle on our brains here that we can take um, I, it wouldn't probably be a word of advice, right? But honestly, when I when I'm in town, right, and I see a black man, I decide to just you know do the wave thing, you know, hey brother, how's it going? But I think that we have the more frowning Africans towards more like you know than ever. Like you know, you see, I see a black man in a, a non-black area. What do I have to do? Just to put on a smile to to a fellow brother right but then again you see a frown coming like yo do i owe you something i don't owe you anything i'm just trying to be your brother to you right so i think like yeah if we if we are in a non-black area or in a non-black country or something just just do like you know just to smile to to one another or something because after all we are all brothers and stuff like that right? and when you come here when you move in freshly to to anywhere outside of Nigeria or Ghana, please do well to save. Because I feel like when we get here, I don't know who we are trying to impress or something, but at least get yourself a good foundation before probably you start doing things that you want to do back home, right? So get your foundations right before you do things you want to do. Or else when you, when you come here and you start getting this small amount of money and you're still in your conversion rates, you know, because when you come for the first year, you'll be converting every money that you get. If it's $600, like, you know, you're converting it and you'll be converting, hey, I have lots of money and you'll be sending monies back home. But when you start improving in well, like, you know, in your area of living where your apartment and everything are going higher, your prices, you're paying this, you're paying that, then you get to know that, hey, you could have saved more. So when you come in here, try to save as much as you can. Better yourself each and every day before uh, you want to do anything back home. Because if you're living here, you're living here. This is your life now. For the for the next five years, if it's your life, just to do as much as possible to better yourself and before anything. Yeah, else. I completely agree. It's not like you receive your first salary and then wire it back home. And now you, you're struggling to pay rent, you're struggling to eat, and you're struggling to... I used to do that all the time. <laughs> so you're, you're telling us from experience. 
from experience for sure you know from yeah. experience, awesome so. thank you again chris so much i really appreciate you for sharing your time and your stories with us here today thanks for sarah for having me i really enjoyed this, this is awesome yeah okay so just let the people know where they can find you um yeah instagram yeah instagram probably i'm most active on instagram so it's k-i-n-g underscore w-a-d-d-l-e can underscore waddle oh no can underscore underscore waddle y'all thank you again yeah thank you again for being here really appreciate you and uh yeah until next time guys bye bye Thank you for joining us on this episode of Afros in the Diaspora. I hope this episode left you feeling inspired and hopeful. To engage, feel free to like, follow, share, and subscribe to Afros in the Diaspora on all social media and podcast platforms. Remember to leave a review and a rating. If you would like to be a guest, please reach out. Send an email to hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. That is hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at afrosinthediaspora. Remember, there is beauty in our stories and power in our voices. Together, we are stronger. Until next time. Bye.